Hi again, everyone. This is the second part of the conversation that Genevieve and I had with Michelle Dewey, and it's focused on company and industry research. Michelle shared some great information with us about this type of research, how it can factor into an associate's work, and gave some examples of different types of projects that this type of research can be needed for. Michelle also shared some useful tips on developing research skills to help you stand out as a junior associate and discuss some specific research tools used in larger law firms. I'm going to pivot just a bit and and turn from general transactions more towards um, the business research, maybe, you know, for development purposes or, um, you know, just just generally kind of industrial and, and corporate research. And I'd love to know just generally how that kind of company research um, plays into your work and the work of your attorneys. So company research is, is probably a pretty broad label, but and I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about that. <laughs> um, but I don't think there is a single day where my team does not engage in company research in some way. You know, that could be looking into, you know, corporations and their family trees, um, even for, again, our litigation teams. You know, a lot of times they're trying to find information about prospective clients or uh, uh, opposing parties in litigation. Every day, I mean, we are tracking companies in the news, we're tracking the litigation filings, we're looking at company financials. It's really, honestly, a cornerstone, I think, of all legal research. So to help us develop a shared foundation for what this sort of research looks like, can you talk talk about some examples of the different types of sure. company, business, industry research? Uh, so competitive um, intelligence thanks. is a, a term you'll probably hear when you get to a law firm. You may even have a department that does competitive intelligence. Uh, sometimes that work is done inside the library space. Sometimes it's a standalone team. Just depends on sort of how your firm is structured. Um, but competitive intelligence is really going in and trying to find out, you know, what do we know about another firm or other firms? Um, in transactional space, a lot of times this is looking at like deal histories, right? What kind of deals have they worked on? Uh, what types of uh, entities do they represent? Do they kind of stick in with certain types of players or certain types of clients or industries? Um, and it can also be, you know, looking at the industry of law, right? The, the practice of law, what are sort of the, the trends that are happening in that space? And where does your firm sit inside? Then more generally, there's business development work. And that's sort of a, a larger umbrella for any kind of research that you're doing to kind of drum up your own business for yourself, for your practice groups, for the firm as a whole. Um, but the main thing I think with business development that we do related to companies is news and litigation tracking. And that's another thing that I think a lot of times new associates don't know to kind of work that into their um, kind of workflow right out of the gate. It's something that they learn over time, but you could be really successful if you learn to, how, to, how to manage you know, your litigation and uh, news tracking. So if there are companies that you might have connections to, clients that you're working with, uh, figure out how to set up alerts for them. Uh, you might have a research department that has specialized tools that can help you. If you're in a smaller firm or you don't have those kind of tools at your firm, 
you can just use Weckla, Lexis to set up these like news alerts. And that helps you kind of keep track of, you know, what's happening with your clients or potential clients. You might also set it up for certain industries. If you're, if you're trying to make a connection with a particular client and they're in the oil and gas industry, then you want to stay abreast to what's happening in oil and gas so that you have a reason to contact them. Hey, I saw this news article about a regulation that's coming down in your state. And if you want to talk about it, give me a call. That, that's a traditional sort of news or litigation function. Um, and then, you know, generally pitch work, right? Preparing pitches. If you know that there is a client out there trying to target and you want to get up there and talk about why you can best meet their needs, you need to understand the client. You need to understand them as a company. You need to understand their key players. You need to understand the industry that they're, they're you know, in. And that kind of dovetails with uh, requests for proposals. A lot of times a company is going to be looking for new outside counsel and they're gonna put out a request for proposal asking law firms to prepare this uh, response that will answer a variety of questions, often very sophisticated questions. <laughs> and if you're gonna answer questions about how are you gonna meet my need, which is pretty much how the question will be answered, right? How will you meet X need? How will you meet Y need? They're gonna be pretty neutrally phrased questions. And you're gonna to wanna to answer that question in a way that shows you really understand that need, not in a general way, but in a way that's really specific to your potential client. I like to think of that as the same way when you're interviewing for a job, right? You'll often get like a very neutral question in a job interview but you always want to respond in a way that shows that you, you know, at least looked at the firm's website, right? <laughs> and so that's where that corporate research, I think, is going to help you provide really robust, personalized answers that are going to give it a personalized feel. And, you know, that might help you learn the pitch. The, um, I, I love this um, because I know I've heard from more mid-level associates that I've talked to that you know, this is a part of their practice that they really kind of enjoy developing um, over time as they kind of get their their footing in the law. Um, do you have any examples of how um, how how this kind of research and 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 I, I don't want to say just business development generally, but how um, how how this impacts junior associates that you work with? Do they, are they able to come and work with your team on these kinds of projects or is this something that, that they might have to wait a while to get into? That might depend a little bit on the culture of, of not just the firm, but maybe even a given you know, team or practice group. I think you know, there are ways where even if it's not formally given to you, if you know that you're regularly going to be working with, you know, Acme Incorporated, go ahead and set that alert. It's going to help you understand that client. And even if you're two steps away from, you know, picking up the phone and calling the client and saying, hey, Bob, I, I saw this thing is happening. Maybe we can help. What you can do is make sure that the senior attorneys that you're working with on that client know about that and that they're positioned well to make that phone call. And then they're going to value you. There's a little bit of a, a trickle-down effect there. I think that's how you, maybe if you're two steps away, like I said, and you're not building the relationship with the client, 
maybe you're building the relationship with the client team and with the senior attorney. And that does matter because when you very first start out as you know, first or second year associate, you probably are gonna be a little removed from the clients a lot of the time. But as you start moving into you know, fourth, fifth year, sixth year associate, uh, partners are usually looking for who is the person that's gonna take over this client relationship as I move away from it, right? From retirement or because I take on other duties within the firm. So they're always kind of looking for that succession plan. And I think doing this right out of the gate and, and providing that sort of insight to your team is one way that you can show you're the kind of person who's ready to be in line for those sort of opportunities down the road. It's really interesting to, to hear you talk about this because I think we have a tendency in law schools to think about research in terms of discrete projects. And what you're describing is something I think we don't always teach very well, which is sort of the ongoing monitoring and tracking of things. And that's not really sort of in a nice self-contained package. Um, but are there some examples of projects I think that, that might require business or company or industry research in a limited sense or for like a specific matter that you can talk about? Certainly. I mean, one is just due diligence, right? If you're, if you're doing any kind of work um, transactionally, mergers, acquisitions, you know, one of the things you need to do is go out and figure out who, who is this entity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what am, I, what am I buying, right? If I buy them, what am I merging myself with? Um, if we, if we get, get together, what am I gonna inherit along with that? Um, and so in that case, you're gonna wanna look at, you know, their litigation history, their financial history, um, understanding how to move through a corporate family tree. That one is really complex actually uh, because different platforms present the family tree differently. And um, just like many people might have different definitions of like what is family, different uh, <laughs> vendors have uh, their own definition of what is family. Is uh, family something you directly own? Does it matter if you just are like largely invested in it? Does it matter how much? How do they present that? So really being able to understand that and take you know, a complex family tree and distill it down to a summary. You know, one of the things that you might be asked to do is go out and make me a company profile. Uh, and there are a whole host of reasons why you might have to do that from business development to you know, M&A transactions to probably a million things we can't think of in between. And so building a company profile probably means that you're talking about making a several page report, but also the thing you have to be able to do is put some sort of summary uh, on the front of that because everybody wants the 20 page report, but they only want to read the one page summary on the mm -hmm. front. <laughs> and so being able to, to do something that is very thorough and very robust, but also being able to distill it down. Uh, another type of thing that often happens is having to kind of trace the history of a company um, if it's changed hands a lot. You know, how can we figure out um, at, at which point, you know, something moved from, you know, one ownership to another and, and maybe sometimes like who were the different people that were at the helm at the stage of each of these transitions. Another common, I think, transactional research project is trying to look at, you know, industry space. A lot of times those are the kind of things where 
a team as a whole, especially if they're trying to get into a space or you might even have a client that's trying to expand their business and they want you to go out and you know, do industry research, find out what the trends are, find out who the major players are, find out some financial information about the industry. Um, and then, you know, the typical legal and regulatory and legislative happenings that might be going on. And then lastly, another project that I've seen happen in it for like a discrete client is uh, if they want to like reevaluate a policy, um, maybe they want to change their bylaws or maybe you're helping a new company incorporate bylaws. They want you to go out and maybe find not only the legal research that supports that, right? What are the requirements in this jurisdiction or the rules and or the best practices, but also going out and finding samples, right? What's happening in this industry? How are these policies typically written in our industry? Um, and, and what do those look like? So you might be asked to go out and compile them. And that's another one where knowing your collection can be really helpful because a lot of times for public companies, you can just get that stuff on Google, right? You can go to the company website and figure out where they've posted their bylaws. But there are also tools, um, one I like to use is Intelligize, that collect and, and aggregate those. And those can be a great tool because they're much more efficient because I can go into Intelligize and say, show me all the public companies that have this kind of policy and I wanna see it only for this industry and I wanna see it from companies of this size. And that can be really helpful when you're leveraging those commercial tools because they're gonna help you filter in a way that you typically are not gonna do if you're pulling your stuff together from Google. And that's gonna give you better results because just looking at everything on Google, maybe you're gonna say, oh, this language is the preferred language. But it turns out that that's not preferred when the company is the size that your client is. Um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Intelligize because that's um, you know a product that you know, I think we in the in the law school have some peripheral awareness of, but for various business reasons, we don't have access to it. Um, so I was just wondering if there are. I know every firm is different. Um, but are there favorite resources that, um, that you and your team might use for company research or other types of, um, you know, business development work, um, that are, are common in, in firm, peer firms that you know of, but that many students may never have heard of? Yes, definitely. Although the caveat I would say is, I don't think there is one tool that is likely, unless you have a discrete need, right? go out and pull me a single family tree. Although I'd put an asterisk on that and say that personally, I'd probably pull it from more than one place and then compare. Mm -hmm. um, there really isn't one place that you're probably gonna go. And that's where thinking about what is the information I need and who's the best in class for that kind of thing. And also recognizing that if you're doing a comprehensive report, you can't just go to one tool and extract, even if they say that they'll provide you that report you really don't wanna just extract it, right? You wanna be able to compare um, resources and, and add some layering. Uh, that said, I really like Bloomberg for deal analysis. I don't know if you've ever used their deal analysis tool, um, but it'll let you look at deals and kind of compare um, deals based on size and industry, and you can kind of extract some of the language from those deals. I think that's a really helpful tool. Um, Intelligize is one of my favorites uh, for SEC dockets. They're, they also have a really, I think in my firm, underutilized uh, 
collection. They have a library of policy examples and corporate governance documents. So that's where you might be asked, hey, can you draft this? I don't know what that looks like, or I'm not sure what the best one is. Intelligize is my favorite go-to for um, you know that kind of library. But I also think their their content is good, but their searchability is much better than many other platforms. I mean, obviously you can get SEC material everywhere. I think Intelligize probably has um, one of the best interfaces. We also use a, a West Business Law Center and smaller firms might use Securities Mosaic. So that's like Intelligize Lite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then the really robust tools we use, they actually only sit in our library, um, but at some firms they may have attorney seats. Uh, so that's like Capital IQ um, and PitchBook. Uh, Capital IQ has really always been traditionally a tool for public companies. However, they've really been expanding their um, their private uh, company private uh, company database. PitchBook is typically the tool that we use uh, for private companies, but they've really been expanding their public. Uh, company database and that's where I really go to try to dig into you know family trees financials um, looking into who are the investors um, you know private equity is everything lately <laughs> and so being able to mm -hmm. leverage tools that um, can give you insight into um, who are the investors and what kind of private equity funds are out there right now and capital IQ I really like because uh, you can export the data. And if you're a sophisticated Excel user, uh, you can probably harness a lot of power out of the information inside Capital IQ. So that would be my other little asterisk recommendation is take time to get a little comfortable with Excel because some of these databases will give you the best information in uh, Excel format. And if you have just a little bit of ability with Excel, you can actually take something that maybe an attorney, a senior attorney would just look at as these are just lines of spreadsheet and you could do something pretty dynamic with it. This wraps up our conversations with Michelle Dewey. I hope you found it helpful to hear this sort of information from an expert in the field and that these podcasts are a helpful way to learn. Take care.